0: Hello music teacher friends! Welcome to episode number 50 of the Beyond Measure podcast. (laughs) I am Christina Whitlock, your anytime piano teacher friend, here to offer up a little companionship for those of us who need the reminder that yes, there are people out there doing the same kind of work as you. Well, friends, usually I like to ask you questions here on this podcast, but as promised last week, today in celebration of hitting episode number 50, I am going to answer some of your questions. Unfortunately, I cannot get to every question that was submitted but don't worry. I am holding on to those for future use. So without any further delay, let's roll. Our first question was emailed to me by Michelle, who asked if I had any funny stories from behind the podcast scenes. (laughs) Well, yes, Michelle, I do. (laughs) So here's what you need to know. There is a rule in my house— that no one listens to my podcast in my presence. (laughs) I just can't handle it. You know how it is like listening back to your own voice. I just can't do it. I will catch my girls listening to it in their rooms sometimes, which is really sweet and funny at the same time. Um, And my husband listens on his work commute but I cannot stand being in the same room with them while they are listening. So it just doesn't happen. This has been the rule from the very beginning of this podcast. But a few weeks into broadcasting, I was driving my girls home from school one day and for some reason, I can't even remember what it was, but I ended up bribing them with the promise to let them listen to my podcast for the last few minutes of our drive. (laughs) So here's the other thing you need to know. I drive this beautiful Honda Odyssey minivan. I mean, I already sang its praises back in episode number 35. Well, it has this like really nice display screen in the center of the dashboard. And when you listen to a podcast, it displays the thumbnail of the podcast graphic on that display screen. And I mean, it's a really nice screen. So the graphic is like super vivid. Okay, (laughs) so... Anyway, we were listening to one of the early episodes of the podcast, again, because I think I had made them promise to stop arguing or something, and I pulled into our neighborhood and a friend from down the street waved me down to chat for a few minutes. So we were sitting there talking in her driveway about something halfway serious, and I kept noticing her eyes just dart Towards that display screen in my van. (laughs) And that's when I realized that she must have been thinking how completely bizarre it was that I was driving my kids around and listening to my own podcast. (laughs) I mean, the thumbnail for this podcast is just a picture of my big old face. So there is no disguising what I was listening to, right? (laughs) So I got so tickled at how ridiculous that must have looked. (laughs) Like, I just cruise around town with my kids listening to my own podcast. (laughs) It was so funny. Um, At least it is to me. So here's hoping you found that story entertaining as well. And for the record, that has not happened since. I have not offered up that reward for good behavior since that day. So thanks for the question, Michelle. I hope that lived up to your expectations for humorous behind-the-scenes stories. Our next question today comes from Roslyn, who you can find on Instagram at plucked.studio. And Roslyn wanted to know, what made me decide to start a podcast? So I would say the short answer is the fact that I listen to a lot of podcasts. And you should probably also know that I have a really problematic character trait where basically when I enjoy work that someone else is doing, it just makes me really want to do that work. This is a really difficult quality to balance in my life, (laughs) but it is what it is. So I just love podcasts because as someone who places a great deal of value on ongoing education, podcasts give us very simple access to ideas on like every topic under the sun, right? (laughs) There are podcasts for everything, And because anyone can start one, they give us instant access to an infinite number of personalities that we might otherwise never get to know. So as a lifelong learner, I just love how accessible podcasts make education, and for that matter, entertainment. So for me, the overall process of launching this podcast probably took close to three or maybe even four years. And this is mostly because I talked myself out of it multiple times. And I mean, a lot of times. (laughs) We all know that negative self-talk that likes to convince us that no one really cares what we have to say (laughs) or nothing we have experienced is actually all that noteworthy. But after years of hosting snippets of these imaginary episodes in my head, I finally realized that I was never going to know if this could be successful unless I just did it. The logistics of podcasting were often my biggest hang-up in the startup phase, (laughs) I tried to convince myself that I should just put my thoughts into a blog instead to avoid having to learn all the podcasting audio stuff. But I just couldn't help but feel compelled to actually speak these words to you. (laughs) So especially once I really got a handle on my vision for this show you know, how I wanted it to be akin to having a coffee date with a fellow teacher friend on your own schedule, I just knew that a blog was probably not going to give the same result. What I would really like to say about the process of starting this podcast is this. First of all, the long buildup to releasing this podcast worked heavily in my favor it allowed me to take ideas and to allow them to kind of simmer into a solid concept. I went through many, many phases of recording a version of this podcast. I was frustrated at the time at how much time I felt like I was wasting on recording on recordings that I ended up hating. But really... It was just great practice for doing what I'm actually doing now. I will also add this, that some point during that four-year period where I was going back and forth about starting this podcast, I had read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. And first of all, I love that book, even though I don't agree with every single thing she says. P.S. That's true of a lot of things, by the way. (laughs) Agreeing with every word a writer puts out there is not actually a prerequisite to enjoy the book. But I digress on that. (laughs) Anyway, back to big magic. Elizabeth proposes this notion that basically ideas find us rather than the opposite. And she basically hypothesizes that if you sit idle on an idea long enough, it will eventually find its way to someone else. Well, I learned a long time ago that there is truly nothing new under the sun when it comes to music teaching. Anytime I feel like I have an original approach to something, I definitely find out it's already been done. (laughs) And that's really fine. But I also certainly had this distinct feeling that should I not pursue this podcast project, that someone else was eventually going to come along with a similar premise. And my question to myself became, you know, are these excuses for not putting it into the world strong enough to take away that sting that is going to come when I find out that someone else has carried out a similar vision, I realized that it was not going to be worth the heartache of losing ownership over this whole teacher-friend premise that I built. Um, So out into the world it came. (laughs) So I say all of that to remind you that time is kind of a fickle thing. There are seasons where you should think more and act less, and there are also seasons where I don't know basically it's time to make dinner or get out of the kitchen <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> so Rosalind, I hope that answers your question. Thanks so much for sending it. Question number three comes from Jody, who instagram's over at colorfully playing the piano. And Jody very deeply asked me to describe a non-music-related goal that I have for myself. And oh, I'll tell you what, Jody, that is a tough one. <laughs> because I have a list of ambitions a mile long, but most of them do trace back to music in one way or another. So I suppose... At the top of my non-music-related goals, I have a lot of parenting-related goals, things I want to do and instill in my children and in my family. I've got a lot of travel goals. I want to see as much of the world as possible. Um, And I also have a lot of writing goals. So I also have this overarching goal in my life to simply prioritize people over tasks. And that's kind of a personal mantra that I literally repeat to myself multiple times every day. (laughs) People over tasks. People over tasks. It's such an important reminder to me as a very like task-driven person (laughs) not to get too wrapped up in my to-do list and to always prioritize the people and the relationships in my life that make this world worth living, right? (laughs) So, I suppose the most concrete answer to the question of what non-music related goals I have would probably involve some kind of writing project I mean, I have a whole bunch of book projects I would like to put together. Um, I would really like to try my hand at copywriting or editing and proofing, but I don't know. When I think about my goals, I just almost always end up thinking in more of a philosophical way, and so I just feel like I have to give a shout out to my personal mantra of people over tasks. So that's where I'll leave that. (laughs) Last but not least, I have a question from a different Jodi. This is Jodi with a Y, who asked me what I do with students who do not practice. And wow, Jodi, I think you must be reading my mind a little bit, (laughs) because that is precisely what I am talking about in next week's episode. I have really taken notice over probably the past year or so of how far I've come in my approach to lessons regarding student practice. So many teachers will tell you that a student's lesson is essentially worthless if they haven't practiced that week. And, of course, no one is arguing that student practice makes a lesson go infinitely smoother, but I'm also recently noticing how strongly I disagree that a student's practice for the week has to be a significant factor in how we spend our time together that week. So, it's most definitely a topic worthy of its own episode— and that's exactly what's happening next week. So thank you, Jody with a Y, for submitting that question in the first place and affirming that my next episode is a topic that is really needed. So, friends, that is going to wrap us up for my first ever Q&A episode. (laughs) I had fun with that. I hope you enjoyed listening and we'll probably try it again sometime. Because it's what we do around here, please humor me in offering up a closing toast to you. Music teacher friends of the world, today we raise our glasses and celebrate the importance of asking questions. Curiosity is a driving force in what we do. May we never neglect the importance of seeking answers to that which we do not know. And likewise, May we always stay open to the notion that we might possibly be wrong about something. <laughs> may we never be afraid to change our minds. And may we model all of these things for the students who we are blessed to influence each and every week. Cheers to you, my very deep thinking teacher friends. Here, here. Thanks again for indulging me with your questions as I prepared for this episode. And thank you for listening to episode number 550. Five can you believe it? <laughs> as always, come be my social media friend over on Instagram and Facebook. You will find me there at Beyond Measure Podcast. And in the meantime, this is me encouraging you to meet that upcoming holiday season with the attitude of working hard, resting well, and being nice. (laughs) Thanks so much, my friends.